Isaiah 49, 5 through 6. And now the Lord says, who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob, and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Genesis 17, 1-16 When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land where you are now an alien, all the land of Canaan for perpetual holding, and I will be their God. God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring, after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Throughout your generations, every male among you shall be circumcised when he is eight days old, including the slave born in your house and the one bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring. Both the slave born in your house and the one bought with your money must be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God said to Abraham, As for Syri, Syri, your wife, you shall not call her Syri, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give you rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. Home, family, blessing. These are the three parts of God's covenant with Abraham. Throughout the Bible, God makes covenants or promises with humanity, sometimes tied to a specific person, like last week when we learned about the Noahic covenant the promise that God would never again destroy the earth by flood. 
And in the coming weeks, we'll hear about the Mosaic Covenant. Yes, the covenant made with humanity through Moses. And even further down in Lent, we'll hear about the New Covenant through Christ. But today, we hear this promise on God's part to be God of the Israelites. And through Abraham, this covenant is made, the promise of home, family, and blessing. The sign of this covenant, kind of like the sign of the Noahic covenant, was a rainbow. The sign of this particular covenant is circumcision. It's a message to all the other people that the Israelites are different They are the people of God. And it's a powerful covenant. One that throughout history has been a source of violent conflict over land, war over who belongs in this family and who doesn't, and elitist claims that the blessing only belongs to some. So as Christians in the 21st century, we look for how this covenant can be alive and relevant for us today. Home, family, blessing. Home. Many of you know that 20 plus years ago when I married Jimbo, I became an instant mother to Miranda, nine years old, and Jeremy, eight years old. They were pretty troubled kids because they had been abandoned by their birth mother. She chose a life of drugs and alcohol over parenting her children. She lost all parental rights and Jimbo had full custody, but they missed their mom, no matter what good or bad things she had done. Miranda, especially, I think, because being a daughter, your connection with your mom is really special. Miranda especially held this grief deeply in her heart. You know, they liked me okay, but I was sure no substitute for their mom. Now, their birth mother would show up from time to time over the years, and these encounters always left the kids feeling confused, angry, sad. And when they were particularly sad, I would tell them that I hoped someday, maybe when they were grown up, that they could have a relationship with their mother. When Miranda graduated, I think she had this as a goal in her heart. She graduated from high school, she moved out of our house, And about a year later, she eventually found her way to live with her birth mom. And it was not good. After a matter of weeks of living with her birth mom, Miranda called me. Not Jimbo, not her brother, but she called me. 
and she simply said, I want to come home. Now, by this time, we had moved to Cheyenne. Miranda had never lived in Cheyenne. I don't even think she'd ever been to Cheyenne. But when she called and she asked to come home, she knew that wherever we were would be a refuge, a safe place, a home for her. Home, family, blessing. Family. Reverend Gary Kennedy, a United Methodist pastor from Arizona, writes about a young man in his congregation named David who was in need of a kidney transplant, and his family was just beside themselves because none of them were a match, and they were struggling with the enormity of it all and how the situation was degrading. The prayer request prompted several people in the congregation to kind of low-key figure out if they would be a suitable donor for David. All of this was done without David's knowledge. Finally, a woman named Lori came forward She had never met David previously, but she had heard of the prayer request, and she had figured out, found out, that she was a match, and she offered to give her kidney to this fellow church member that she did not know. When asked why in the world she would give her kidney to somebody she didn't even know, she responded with, the church is my family and I would do anything for family. I'm reminded of our baptism liturgy. Kind of imagine it if you're one that has been in our sanctuary during baptisms. Remember how when we're all in person, we come to the middle of the sanctuary, everybody stands up and joins around the family of the baptized. And together we say, With your family, we promise to be your sisters and brothers, aunts and uncles, grandmothers and grandfathers in Christ, to surround you with God's love. Together, we accept as our sacred responsibility to help you grow toward fullness of life through living the teachings of Jesus, love, justice, mission, hope. Home, family, blessing. Blessing. Oh, blessing is so tricky. There's that whole hashtag blessed mentality that a few years ago, Reverend Jamie Lee and I did a whole sermon series on. This idea that proclaims that those who have are blessed, which means What for those who don't have? God's rich and sacred blessings go far beyond material or even immaterial possessions. God's blessings are unexpected, upside down, and full of wonder. 
On the first Fridays of the month, our preschool staff has staff meeting, and I usually go and attend and share a little devotion or a prayer with them. And so just a couple of days ago, the first Friday of March, we considered that it has been almost one year since we've lived in pandemic. And even though it stinks, there are still blessings. I found this written by Reverend Anna Blado. Blessed are the joy finders, the joy sharers, the joy tenders. Blessed are the workers, the strikers, the organizers, bending toward collective justice and survival. Blessed are the mask makers, the mask wearers. Blessed are those foregoing convenience and excess for someone else's survival. Blessed are the governors, the mayors, and legislators laboring for public health and collective life over profit, ego, and the deadly demands of gun-toting, terror-mongering evildoers. Blessed are the essential workers. Yes. Yes, the healthcare workers, sanitation workers, grocery store workers, mail carriers, farm workers, and also blessed are these essential workers. The poets still feeling, the dreamers still imagining, teachers still sparking curiosity, students still soaking up and sharing wisdom, caregivers still caring, journalists still investigating and reporting. Blessed are the music makers, the art makers, word makers, meaning makers. Blessed are the imams, the rabbis, the pastors, the chaplains, the spirit seekers, ministering and tending and holding. Blessed are the baby plants. Just in my garden, reaching for the sun on this cold, gray, rainy day. Blessed are the letter writers, the card senders. Blessed are you sheltering in place. Blessed are you locked in place. Blessed are you without a safe place. Blessed are you in your tears, your prayers, your fears. Blessed are you every moment you choose tenderness, softness, gentleness, care. Blessed are you still savoring delights when and where they are offered and found. Blessed are you in your grieving, your mourning, your losing. Blessed are you in your living and your loving. Blessed are you in fearing and dying. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. Blessed are we. Home, family, blessing. May God's promises and covenant be real and relevant for you today and all days through the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.